Welcome to the My Mickey Podcast, where we explore the magic and wonder of Disney together. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the My Mickey Podcast. I'm Karen Stoner, the owner and dream designer for My Mickey Vacation Travel, and I am here with my husband, Jeffrey. Hello, dear. Hi, hi honey. Hello. So we are in the midst of spring break. And actually, I think some of the college kids may have already been on break, but we are leading up to the Easter and before and after Easter break coming up for spring break. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. So I kind of thought it would be kind of neat just to kind of help our listeners that are planning on going um, during this time and try and help them out because I know it can be sort of filled with anxiety um, thinking about the potential crowds, which go around those times of the year with the holidays and kids being out of school and whatnot. You know, it's uh, what spring break is probably one of the top two busiest seasons at the parks between, between uh, spring break and Christmas. It's, those are the uh, probably the heaviest volumes of people. So yeah, any kind of tips would be great. Yeah. And, and sadly, which I guess it's a good thing for Disney, but sad, sadly there isn't really any time times of the year any longer where the parks are empty. There's only a couple of days here and there or a week or two here and there where the parks are really empty. So these little tips are kind of helpful, I think, um, kind of ongoing, even if it's not a super crowded day, like during a spring break or a holiday time. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think what we've lined up here to talk about are great ideas and great tips, regardless of whether it's spring break, it could, could work definitely any time of the year. That's a great For point. Sure. Yeah. So my main tip um, that I usually recommend to our guests that are going is to get to the parks early. And I know some people are night people and they aren't really um, up in the morning early, but you can get so much accomplished when you get to the park, when the park opens. You can get, I know you and I have gone because, you know, we have to experiment, you know, and test our our advice out to see how it goes. But research. you and I go, yeah, research. Go first thing in the morning, like for instance, at Magic Kingdom, and we can hit pretty much everything by lunchtime without, you know, really a, without a, a pretty long line. You can get on most things pretty early, I think. And even typically without a fast pass. Exactly, exactly. Um, with fast passes, a lot of people think that they, you know, because you want to try and get more later in the day after you use your third fast pass, which is awesome. However, the proper way to really get your best advantage of using those fast passes is not to do them when the park first opens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you people think, oh, well, maybe we should use it, you know, at nine in the morning when the park opens. It's actually best to start it, you know, in the later morning into early evening, early afternoon, sorry, because um, you can get a lot of attractions in before even utilizing a fast pass. So that's kind of what you would like to, what you need to do is kind of, you know, run around, you know, get all those fantasy land or, um, you know, attractions in that are close together before even utilizing a fast pass is the best way to use those. And then you still have time to use them by early afternoon, be finished, then get something else for later in the day. And I think that makes a lot of sense, especially at the Magic Kingdom, where you have so many different attractions. Um, you know, it may not be as important maybe in some of the other parks. Um, well, may, maybe not so much Hollywood Studios coming up with Star Wars and however they figure out that system. But um, Magic Kingdom particularly, though, because um, 
you know, there are so many different attractions. And the nice thing is, uh, you know, say we take your advice and, you know, at rope, what we call rope drop is whenever they drop the rope and folks can come, come into the park. Um, at that point, you know, do fantasy land and try and knock out all those uh, rides and so forth in that area. Cause that is, it's a, it's kind of a central area and a lot of folks do like to go there during the day. But if it's your second or third day at the magic kingdom, while everybody else is going to Fantasyland, you go to Tomorrowland or go to Adventureland or Frontierland, and you'll find that those those areas are almost ghost towns. They're all basically empty first thing in the morning, and you can definitely take advantage of some ride opportunities there. Oh, exactly, exactly. And another thing to think about, too, are the morning extra magic hours. Um especially at the Magic Kingdom, um, when they do the offer the magic extra magic hours in the morning, which is mm-hmm. usually on Friday mornings, you can get so much in during that time. Um, you really can get a lot of attractions in. Um, only Fantasyland and Tomorrowland are open during extra magic hours. So you know, between that eight and nine o'clock time, you can get a lot of that stuff done and then save your fast passes for maybe, you know, Splash Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain later in the morning when that area is just getting ready to get open. So utilizing those extra magic hours in the morning, you really can get a lot of, of accomplished during that time. And, and just for our listeners who may not be aware of what extra magic hours are, that's the extra hour that the park opens early just for the Disney Resort guests. Exactly. Yes. So they are open for extra magic hours um, on certain days of the week, not every day. Right. Um, but there's usually a day, usually every day there's a park open either from in the morning or it has an evening extra, extra magic hours. And one of the myths I think is people think that in the evening is a good time for extra magic hours as far as crowds go. Um, and it's actually the complete opposite. Um, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Extra magic hours in the evening, the parks typically are crowded um, because usually that park is open later than the other parks. So everybody tends to go to that park. Um, unless if you, you know, you've got teenagers or if you are really late night owls and the extra magic hours happen to go between, you know, up until one, two o'clock in the morning, which sometimes they do during the real popular times, then you can get a lot in. Um, but for typical, you know, if you're a family and you've got little kids evening extra extra magic hours tend to be more crowded so you're better off taking advantage of the early ones and get a lot in for that and you know you do have to be at the park say if the park opens at eight i do recommend being at the gate by 7 30 because i do let you in a little early usually by quarter tail to get into the park so it is an early morning for those with little ones trying to get up and at them and get everything done but i think if you plan on doing that then having a nice lunch at the park and then heading back to the hotel if you need to for a nap and then going back out later. Then you get that little rest in for the remainder of the day. Right. But you've, at least you can feel like you've accomplished a lot by getting in, you know, Peter Pan and Small World and um, Dumbo, all those popular attractions at the park and even the other parks too. Right. If, if that's where you're going on that day for the extra magic hours, you can get a lot in and then take a nice break in the afternoon. You had mentioned a little while ago about the fast passes and a real neat uh, idea in terms of scheduling your first three. Um, again, fast passes are kind of the front of the line entry, and you get to pre-schedule three of those in advance uh, of your stay. One of the things I played around with last week when I was at the parks was, you know, the the fast passes are in one-hour increments, and so when I 
used my first fast pass. As soon as I used it, I went to my next fast pass, which was scheduled like an hour, maybe an hour, 20 minutes away. And I kept playing with the modify feature on the app. And every time I kept playing with the modify feature, it actually moved my fast pass closer to that time that I was at. And so instead of having to wait an hour and 20 for my next fast pass, I only had to wait like an extra 20 minutes. So you can, that's one of the things you can do when the parks are a little bit busier too is, you know, get on the app and kind of play with that modify feature and you may be able to accelerate your fast passes a little bit. That's just, that's just a little hack, but it really worked well for me last week. Well, that's a nice little tip too. So I'll have to try that next week and see if we can do that. Um, also, I wanted to mention, I kind of slipped in there, um, the having lunch and then doing something later in the afternoon, another mm -hmm. quick time saver to avoid the crowds and not waste a lot of time having a big, um, a lengthy time lunch is doing the online ordering, the pre-order for your quick service. Most of the quick service restaurants and the, all the parks have it now where you can go right on your, my Disney experience app. You can pick out what you want to eat while you're online for an attraction <laughs> as you're waiting mm -hmm. and order your lunch. And then when you get to the restaurant, you just click that you are here and ready and they'll get it ready for you. So you, so you can get your table and get yourself situated and they will let you know when your lunch is ready so that you can kind of tackle two birds at one stone while you're on an attraction line waiting and about to have lunch in a little bit. I really like that feature. Um, the one thing I do like about it a lot is that if you're on the Disney dining plan, it'll use your credits. Uh, but also, if you're not on the dining plan, you can pay with a credit card, right, right through the app. So you have both options. And um, the other thing that's really nice about that is they have separate lines uh, at the restaurant. So you don't have to stand in a regular cash register queue to pick up your food. There's a separate area where you go pick up the food. So it's really, it's becoming a more efficient process. Uh, I know there were some bugs in it at the beginning, but uh, again, I used it recently and really liked it. It was fast. It was very convenient. So uh, that's a, that's a great tip, especially for the, for high crowd days. Oh yeah. Awesome. And you don't really have to have a line even for it. You just go to the um, online mobile ordering area where you pick up your food and then they're usually sitting there ready with your right. food right there and your ticket and exactly. you can also use it on um, snacks i believe you like to use it for your um, for my, aloha aisle dole for whip. my dole whip you know it you know it yeah so they they it does come in handy for skipping lines and avoiding some of those crowds mm -hmm. let me take a step back into where we were talking about fast passes and uh so forth but you had uh, when we were talking a little bit off mic before the recording started, you had mentioned a, a neat strategy about um, using the early morning hours and your fast passes, but kind of combining that with park hoppers. Kind of tell us what your thought process was there. One other tip in kind of an addition to the extra magic hours is if you can invest in the park hoppers. That allows you to take advantage of the extra magic morning hours at, the, at one park and then in the afternoon head to another park. Some people feel that the parks that have the extra magic hours tend to be more crowded during the day. In the morning, I don't agree with that. I think in the morning when the park is open and it is just resort guests, you can get a lot done. But then a lot of people that are staying at the resorts tend to stay at that park. So if your budget allows for you to get a park hopper, that allows you to go to another park later in the day that perhaps doesn't have an extra magic morning hour or evening hour that may draw more crowds so you can hop to another park later in the day and take advantage of that. You could also use your fast passes at that park. 
So if you were going to do, say, Magic Kingdom in the morning on a Friday and get a whole bunch of Fantasyland and Tomorrowland attractions in, but that afternoon you wanted to head over to Disney Hollywood Studios, you can use your Fast Passes at that park. So if you want to do Slinky Dog and um, Tower of Terror or Star Tours or something like that, you could have those Fast Passes waiting for you when you got there. So you're still getting a lot of attractions in at both at both parks, and they have bus transportation that that takes you back and forth to those parks in that particular example. And of course, other ones, if you're on the monorail, you can go to Epcot as well from Magic Kingdom. I really like that idea, especially whenever you're talking about going from the Magic Kingdom to some of those other parks, because the other parks aren't as fast pass heavy as the Magic Kingdom is, obviously. And so you can have those fast passes already planned. You know, maybe some folks couldn't get flight of passage until later in the afternoon or something. That works really well for that type of situation. Exactly, exactly. So if you're able to splurge on the park hoppers, that does make sense to do it in that case. If, you're, if your goal is to try and get in as many attractions as possible um, during your stay, um, during your day, if you have a short trip or whatever the case may be. And if not, and you know, you're at that park for the day, still take advantage of those extra magic hours in the morning and hit those popular attractions that typically have the longer lines. You know, look at on your must-do list as to what you really want to accomplish during that day and the afternoon time when the attractions typically have long lines that's the perfect time to go see the shows the shows the parades um you know magic kingdom has tons of different shows you know they have the monsters inc and carousel of progress and mickey's flower magic and of course the studios has all their fun shows the frozen sing-along and beauty and the beast so and of course well they all have them. Yeah. <laughs> <Animal> Kingdom <laughs> has Nemo and, and Lion, Lion King. King. And, and, you know, Epcot has all that as well. So there's always plenty of things to do in the afternoons when the attractions typically have a long line that you can go into a theater show where they can fit hundreds of people in there and you're not waiting online. And it gets you off your feet for a little bit too. And if it's hot out, it gives you a little break from the sun. It gives you some air conditioning. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so don't stress about the, about the crowds. You know, do it in the morning, get everything in, and then afternoon you kind of relax, enjoy the afternoon, see a show, you know, get in those kind of attractions. Well, and, and another thing, too, is there's, there's nothing that will disperse a crowd more than rain. And so our advice is if it's raining out, grab a poncho, go to the park, and play in the rain. Exactly. The lines will be pretty much gone and yeah. the crowds. Yeah. So it's a perfect time. Yeah. Perfect yeah. time to go get on those attractions. Embrace the bad weather. Yes, most definitely. Most <laughs> definitely. Well, and then there's also some things you can do. I mean, if, if the, if the midday crowds are just too heavy at the parks and, and I know you mentioned earlier about maybe taking a break and going back to your resort for a swim or something like that, but there's also a lot of things you can do at Walt Disney World that aren't necessarily park related. So, you know, they've got three, actually four miniature golf courses that you can play. Um, there's two at the Fantasia course. There's the um, couple over there at Winterland, Summerland. So um, you have those options to play miniature golf. You can go down to Disney Springs um, and even the water parks. You have Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. So there's a couple options there. Uh, the resorts have boat rentals, uh, so hop out on the boat and just relax for a couple hours if you wanted to do something like that. Uh, but there's a lot of things you can do that are outside the parks as well. Oh, exactly. One of my favorite things is enjoying the resorts. You can take the monorail. You know, if you're over from 
um, Magic Kingdom and go in the monorail loop and ride around. And most of the time, kids think that's part of the attraction anyway, <laughs> going right. on the on the monorail. But you can visit the other resorts. Um, and Disney Springs in an afternoon is usually empty. Um, Disney Springs tends to be more crowd-heavy in the evenings um, for dinner and theaters and, and everybody getting in their last-minute shopping before heading home. So the afternoon time is a great time to head to Disney Springs. They aren't crowded. Um, lots to do down there. You've got Splitsville, so you've got bowling, you've got movies, you have The Void, which I, I know you've got. I love The Void. Oh, I love That's The Void. The so cool. Um, if, if you don't know what The Void is, it's a virtual reality. Uh, you put the headsets on, you go in with this laser gun, and, and you are uh, fighting the resistance in Star Wars, and it's really uh, it, it's a you're, you're, I mean you're you are engaged in a Star Wars experience, and it's wonderful. It's a uh, it's a little sleeper attraction down there. Uh, not too many people know about it, but it's a really fun thing to do. I haven't tried that yet. I gotta put that on my bucket list myself. But that's the kind of fun things that you can do down in Disney Springs, and then you can even hop on a boat when you're down there, and take it over to um, Riverside. French Quarter and explore those resorts. So there's lots of neat things to do that you can enjoy on your vacation without feeling like you are stuck in a park and it's crowded and, you know, your kids are getting cranky and your dad's getting cranky and mom's had enough <laughs> and you just need a little break of, of the parks. There's so many other fun things to do. Absolutely. You know, and each family is different in what they like and what they want to do when they go to the parks and uh, on, on their vacation. So we can get, you know, even more specific with some of these plans. But I think this is a good list of just some very generic ideas for avoiding crowds. Exactly. Like I said, every, every family is different. You know, some families, especially they have the older kids, you know, the late, late evenings are perfect for them. You know, they sleep mm -hmm. till noon <laughs> and then they, they go in the pool and they play in the park till two and three in the morning when they're open late. So that works for some families too. So if you are planning a Disney vacation and you are worried about the crowds, contact the dream designers at My Mickey Vacation Travel to help plan your vacation. They will take these tips, the ones we've been talking about, incorporate them into the dreams and wishes that you have for your family vacation, and they'll create a personal concierge plan to help you avoid the crowds. You can reach out to your favorite dream designer at MyMickeyVacation.com or on Facebook or Instagram by searching for My Mickey Vacation Travel. We hope that you enjoyed uh, this podcast episode today where we gave you some few hacks on how to avoid the crowds. So thanks for joining us and we will see you on our next episode. Bye everybody.
and they will help you create a vacation with memories that will last a lifetime. That's it, guys. We will see you next time. Bye.